0: Good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I am your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd. And I want to apologize for getting to show out to you later than, po- later than usual. But what can I say? I'm a traveling man right now. So I've entitled this episode, I'm on vacation. <laughs> so without further ado, this is Terra Radio. The two radio series highlighted tonight are A first to Terra radio called The Chase. And this was a 30-minute anthology series which began in 1952 and concluded in 1953. The genres varied from mystery, adventure, science fiction, etc. And each episode dealt with a chase, if you will. Following that is The Weird Circle. The first radio play tonight is called Contest Triana, and it was first broadcasted on The Chase, May 11th, 1952. Following that is the radio play, The Warning, and this was first broadcasted on Weird Circle, December 17th, 1944. So, you all know the drill. Sit back. Turn down the lights. And listen to Contas Triana, followed by The Warning.
1: The National Broadcasting Company invites you to join The Chase. In the animal world, there is the hunter and the hunted. Hound and fox, hawk and sparrow, chicken and worm. We in the topmost species have also joined the hunt. But who is to judge precisely which of us are hounds or foxes as we enter the chase?
2: wedding, Uncle John. We're both so happy. Yes, we're leaving the hotel in 15 minutes. Our boat sails at 3. Well, I had to call you again and thank you for the marvelous wedding present. Goodness, a trip to Europe. Well, it's the most thrilling thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life, and you're a darling. Oh, wait a minute. Bill wants to say something. Uh, Hello, Uncle
3: John. Just wanted to thank you again. (laughs) Sure, I'll be careful. I know what those Paris cuties are like.
2: Oh, so do I, Bob.
3: Well, we're on our way. Goodbye, Uncle John. We'll we'll write to you. And thanks a million.
2: Oh, your uncle's an angel. And so are (laughs) you. Oh, darling.
3: I still blow a gasket every time I kiss you.
2: a very romantic expression, (laughs) Do
3: You think I'll ever get used to it? Ah, You better not. Hey, that must be the porter for our luggage.
2: Get my thing. I beg your pardon? I'm looking for Baron Baruch.
3: Oh, you must have the wrong room.
2: Oh, isn't this 12-11? Uh, no, 11-12. Oh, I'm terribly sorry.
3: Please forgive me. That's quite all right.
2: Who oh, was it, Bill?
3: Just a dame, covered with mink and diamonds. Beautiful, too.
2: Oh, really?
3: Asked me if I was free tonight, told her no, but try again.
2: Over my dead body.
3: Mm-hmm. Jealous.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to <be tried>. Oh. <sighs>
3: I could do this all day. Oh, long.
2: but you better stop, or we'll have to swim to Europe. <laughs> Happy? Deliriously, I love you. Ditto. Mrs. William Craig.
3: Hey, hey, now, 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 easy with that luggage. It's brand new. You
2: ready, darling?
3: Uh, just about there. Go ahead, hop in.
2: Mm-hmm. Excuse me.
3: What? hello.
2: Are you taking this taxi to Pier 9? Uh, Yes. Would you mind very much if I shared it with you? There's not another one inside, and I'm taking the same boat. Well, uh, uh, sure. I'm not intruding. Well, no, no, not at all. Oh, you both are very sweet.
3: Where's your luggage?
2: I'll send it ahead to the pier.
3: Okay, let's go. Uh, Pier 9, driver.
2: And. May I introduce myself? I'm Countess Triana.
3: Well, and my name's Craig. Bill Craig, and this is Mrs. Craig.
2: The little woman. <laughs> I'm very glad to know you both. You are newlyweds, I take it.
3: Well, how'd you get it?
2: Oh, I could say I was psychic, but I won't. You let the trail of rice behind oh. you when you entered the hotel lobby. Oh. <laughs> well, he still lights my cigarette and holds my chair, and that's always a green sign in us. And this is your first trip to Europe?
4: Uh-huh.
2: You'll find it very exciting. Uh, where are you going?
3: Oh, London, Paris, Venice. Hitting the high spots, as long as my letter of credit holds out. <laughs> hope it doesn't spoil me, though.
2: Uh, how do you mean?
3: Well, I'm just a country bumpkin, Countess. I've never been outside the States before. No,
2: neither have I. But we have an uncle.
3: A rich uncle. He
2: gives trips to Europe for wedding presents. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> we must see each other before the boat. Perhaps I can be useful to you in several ways. I've done quite a bit of traveling myself. Well, I think we'll manage to get along. Of course you will. But nevertheless, don't hesitate to call on me if you need advice.
3: Ah, a lone Oh,
4: last.
2: what a mob.
3: And what a cabin. Mm-hmm. Boy, Uncle John did it up right, didn't he? You tired, honey?
2: Oh, a little bit.
3: Well, I'll buy you a drink when the bar opens. Pepper-upper. Bill. Mm hmm.
2: What do you think of the Countess? Who? The Countess.
3: Oh, i completely forgotten about her.
2: Really? You jealous? When she thanked you for the ride, she looked like she'd eat you alive if she had any mustard. Yeah, give, 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 oh give, now give, give, stop give. it. Bill, I'm serious. Oh, isn't she kind of strange? Strange? In what way? Oh, well, I don't know. There's... something about her that's cold and impersonal. She worried me for a while.
3: Oh, don't be silly, honey. She's knocking herself out just to be charming.
2: Bill, please, let's avoid her if we can. Avoid her on a boat? Oh, darling, we can do it. I know it's ridiculous, but she frightens me. I-, I can't tell you why she just does. She's beautiful, yet... yet ugly. Her skin's like ivory. Old ivory, the kind you see on oriental figures. It looks unhealthy, not quite alive.
3: Hey, honey, you sound like a walking mystery, yarn. your oh, you?
2: darling, we will avoid her, won't we?
3: Sure. If you say so, honey. Oh, thank you, Stuart. What's it, Bill?
4: Well,
3: looks like avoiding the countess won't be that easy. She just sent us an invitation. Cocktails at five...
2: Mrs. Craig.
3: Well, she uh, had a headache. I'm afraid she can't make it. A, a Scotch and soda, please, dear.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry, but please sit down and tell me a little about yourself. <laughs> Americans fascinate me. They are so successful, so rich, such so, go-getters as you say.
3: Well, the rich ones are all on this boat traveling first class, and the rest of us are just working stiff guys. Well, if it wasn't for my Uncle John, Audrey and I'd be taking our honeymoon at Niagara Falls with the rest of the common people.
2: You don't consider yourself to be very lucky, do you? Me? Lady, I can't even win a ticket to a quiz show.
4: <laughs>
3: no, I'm just an average guy with an average job who makes an average living, that's all. But you know, I don't care. I've got Audrey. That's where I really hit the jackpot.
2: Perhaps I will be lucky for you.
3: Lucky? But for me? In what way?
2: In many ways. Look,
3: what's that Stuart got in his hand over there?
2: The card? Oh, that's the ship's fool. Why don't you try your luck? Oh,
3: no, I couldn't win in a million years. Uh, Stuart? No, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll bet a five spot. I'm, I'm just throwing the money away. Now have the pencil, Stuart. Let's see, I'll pick uh, number nine. Pick seven. What?
2: Seven. Go ahead.
3: Well, you sound like you know the winning number ahead. Uh, okay, I'll take seven. Here you are, sir. Goodbye forever, Doe.
2: You must have more confidence in Lady Luck, if you wish to rule her.
3: Lady Luck. She's been throwing me curves all along. Oh, say, incidentally, Countess, do you mind if I ask you something?
2: Anything at all.
3: What's your nationality? I mean, uh, are you a French Countess, or what?
2: Oh, I owe my allegiance to no country, Mr. Craig. We might say that my nationality is uh, international. Huh? Is that your whole name, Connors, uh, honest Oh, that's one of my titles. Well, I must dress for dinner. Please express my regrets to your lovely wife. I hope she recovers from a headache quickly. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Goodbye, Connors.
2: Not goodbye, my handsome young friend. Just. Oh, wow. Jill? Yes, honey. How was your cocktail with the cutters?
3: I'd have liked it more if I had it with you. How's it?
2: You... Oh, my. What's that you're holding?
3: The passenger list. It was under the door. Let me see it. Honey, we don't know a soul on board. We don't travel in this crowd back home. Tracy,
2: Trask, Del, Bill. Yeah? She's not in here. Who, who, who's not in where? Countess Triana. She isn't on the passenger list. She isn't? Oh, that's funny, isn't yes. Everyone on board is supposed to be listed. Well, she may have
3: booked her passage at the last minute.
2: Well, where are you going? Oh, just a second. Um, uh, get me the purses office, please. What are you, what are you calling the purses uh, Hello? office? Uh, This is Mrs. William Craig, cabin 43. I'm looking for a very close friend of mine who booked passage on the ship, but she's not on the passenger list. Uh, Could you tell me what cabin she has? Countess Triana. Yes. Are you sure? Thank you. Bill? Yes, honey? He said there was no one by that name on board this ship.
3: Boy, oh boy, that was quite a luncheon. they feed you board these tubs. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey. Yes, sir. Uh, there's the salon. Uh, let's see if I won. Won what? Well, I played the ship's pool at. Come on, let, let's see who took my five. All
4: right. We are.
3: Now.
2: I won. You did? Uh, number
3: seven. Oh, there's my hell. name.
2: Say, I'm in for 45 bucks. I told you I would be lucky for you, dear. What?
3: Connors Triana.
2: How are you both today? We're fine, thank you.
3: Say, look, i got to call you Lady Luck from now on, Connors.
2: Nothing would please me more. Incidentally, what cabinet do you have, Connors? Why do you ask?
3: Well, Audrey tried to reach you last night, but the person never even heard of you.
2: Oh, perhaps I'm traveling and call me You must excuse me now. I have an errand to do. I'm so glad you won, Bill. I only hope I can bring you even more luck.
3: Au revoir. Au revoir. Bill. What, Annie? That's
2: what she called you, Bill. Yes, she did it then. Darling, I'm scared. Scared? Of what? I don't know. Something's happening. Something we can't control. Oh, Bill, if we could only get off this ship.
3: Honey, take it easy. You're talking like a child.
2: Yes. Yes, of course, like a child. Just pretend I didn't say anything. Cons. I saw you standing here against the rail looking like a lost puppy dog. I thought perhaps I could cheer you up.
3: There's nothing to cheer me up about, Count. I guess I just had a bad case of envy, that's all.
2: Envy? You
3: see, this, this is my first taste of high life. Probably my last. <laughs> I never knew how it felt to live like a big shot until I came aboard this boat. Audrey and I don't fit in here.
2: But you have the whole trip in Europe before you, Bill. It will be very exciting.
3: That's the trouble. The more I see of this life, the better I like it.
2: The only difference between you and the others aboard this boat is money.
3: Sure. Don't <laughs> I know it?
2: Money and luck. And it would please me so to help you acquire both. What? I'm good for you, Bill. Soon you will find that out. Bill! Bill! Yeah? What is Bill, it, honey? I just got a cable, Grandy. You... Oh, Carlos Triana. Your husband and I were just discussing money. Perhaps the cable is concerned with that? How did you know? Oh, just a guess, Miss Pa. Well, who's the wire from, darling? An attorney. Bill, did you have a cousin named Richard? Richard? Oh, yeah,
3: I think so. Paul Richards. The nephew of Uncle John's on his wife's side. But I only met him once, I think. What?
2: He was killed in an accident.
3: Oh, that's too bad. He
2: left an estate bill equally divided between you and your Uncle John. Your share is
3: $50,000. What? I, it, let me see that
2: cable. I'm very happy for you, dear. What? Honey, we're rich. We're, we're rich. Say, oh, $50,000. 50. Look, look
3: I, I'm going to call this lawyer. She
2: shipped shore. Oh. <laughs> How did you know? I beg your pardon? You knew what that cablegram said before Bill read it. My dear, it's Why I... are you following us? Why have you been chasing my husband ever since you met him? Exactly what do you want? That is something you will discover, my dear, when I choose to let you know. Excuse me. True. True. <laughs>
3: There's nothing like a long wait for customs inspection to ruin a good trip,
2: oh, darling. The officer should reach us in fifteen or twenty minutes. Well,
3: yeah, park yourself in this suitcase, darling.
2: All oh, right.
3: May as well make ourselves comfortable. Well, what are you looking for?
2: I-, I was just wondering where the Countess was.
3: Waiting for a customs officer, like the rest of us common people, I guess.
2: Bill, well, I don't like her. Why not? There's something about her that isn't isn't human. Oh, All right, you laugh at me if you like, but since we met Countess Trial, I've, I've had the sensation of being hounded, followed, chased by someone who seems to know exactly where we'll be and when, even before we know it ourselves. Now,
3: honey, isn't that a little childish? Well, that sort of superstition went out with the Middle Ages.
2: What sort of superstition? Oh,
3: well, the satanic.
2: You said it, Bill. I didn't. Said what? You mentioned the word satanic. I would have used the word devilish.
3: Oh, come on, honey. We're working ourselves into a ladder for no reason at all. Let's give our imaginations a breather. Now, look, you wait here, and I'm going up to the other end and see what's delayed.
2: No, Bill, wait. One, journal. Oh. Did I startle you? I'm sorry. Where did you come from? Oh, I've been here all the time, right back there. I didn't see you. Uh, what's there? My husband is checking with the customs offices. Uh, are you going directly to London? We... We haven't made up our minds. If you are, this may be our last meeting. Really? I'm flying to Norway, you see. Oh. Well, it's beautiful there, I understand. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Oh, don't sound so pleased, my dear. One would suspect you were anxious to see the last of me. I am. God... Now we are being frank. Now, Triana, I would be very happy if I never saw you again as long as I live. Unfortunately, I cannot accommodate you, Mrs. Craig. Then you are following us around. Why? What is it you want? You haven't guessed.
3: Another ten minutes, darling, and then I... Oh, hello there.
2: Hello, Bill.
3: Waiting here for inspection with the rest of us?
2: Oh, my luggage has already passed inspection. I just returned to say goodbye. Oh, the countess is going to Norway, Bill. Oh,
3: really? Well, then we won't be seeing you again, I guess.
2: Well, at any rate, it has been nice. And I'm sure that lady luck will watch over you, even after I'm gone. What do you mean?
3: Oh, uh, the countess says she brings me luck. I wouldn't be at all surprised.
2: Well, I'll be us in there. And Mrs. Craig. Until we meet again. Goodbye. Goodbye. You know, it's
3: a funny thing, honey. First she'll drop a French expression and then she'll say something in German. Yes,
2: well, she's probably very familiar with several languages. Oh, Bill, I'm so glad she's gone.
3: You took her too seriously, darling.
2: You've got to admit there was something odd about it.
3: Well, oh, look, we're getting some service. Oh. <laughs> Here come a couple of customs officers. They get this bag open. Mm-hmm. What's this?
2: It's a picture frame. With a photograph. Of Countess Triana. Bill?
3: Oh, it's just a gag, that's all. She must have slipped it into the case while the bags were on the pier. She's autographed it, Audrey.
2: To Bill. To remember. Until we meet again. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so, this is oh, London, darling. Oh,
2: Bill, isn't it wonderful?
3: Oh, I say, Old Bean. Could you direct me to pick Circus? Oh, well,
2: you saw it. you next left, Governor. Parked at a fish and chips and the... <laughs> Oh, no. But... Bill. Oh, what's the matter, darling? In that passing cab, the countess, I saw her. She even waved to us. The her. countess?
3: But it could have been. She said she was going to Norway. You must have been mistaken.
2: Bill, take me back to the hotel. Oh, but we Bill, please, I, well, I think I feel ill. I'm...
3: The entire city from here on the Eiffel Tower.
2: Oh, Paris. Bill, I've looked forward to this all my life.
3: Trois, Champs
2: Elysees. And there's the Place de l'Opera. On the oh. left. You, you see, our hotel is just on. Bill!
3: What's the matter, darling?
2: You're trembling. Bill, I saw her. She just got into the elevator. Who? Countess Triana. You sure? Oh, Bill. No. Bill, so we've got to leave. The tower? No, no, Paris. Oh, we just got here. Bill, yesterday. please. I'm frightened. I don't want to be here any longer. But our next stop's Venice. No, no, not Venice. Somewhere else. What? We mentioned Venice once. London, Paris, Venice. The Countess heard us. Oh,
3: honey. Now, look. Your
2: imagination's running wild. Countess Triana's in Scandinavia. Bill, we can't go to Venice. Look. Look, I know. Monte Carlo. We can take a plane. I always wanted to see the here. We'll play roulette. Monte Carlo. Say, that's an idea. And we could go to Nice, too. Uh, maybe Saint Ren. Oh, Bill, anywhere, as long as she's not there. C'est pour jeu, messieurs. C'est pour jeu.
4: C'est pour
1: jeu. Et rien ne va plus.
3: Le 30, le 30, il n'y a pas Oh, five losses in a row. 3,000 francs. How much
2: is that in American?
3: About eight bucks.
2: Oh, it sounded like much more. We can afford that. But I'm going in to freshen up a bit. All right, honey. I'll be right back.
3: And don't lose your shirt, <laughs> all right? I'll try not to. <laughs> Let me see now. I think I'll play number
2: 17. 13 is a much better number. What Oh, Triana. Surprised to see me? Yes. Yeah. Play these chips on 13. Oh, hey, look,
3: that's my bankroll. 70 bucks.
2: Remember, I'm your lady luck. Hey, look, where'd you come from, Thomas? I didn't see you when you walked in here. Perhaps I've been waiting for you.
3: Thirteen. Thirteen.
2: That's me. Holy God! Look at that pile. About $2,500 in your money bill. Oh. Leave it on 13. You mean, play it twice in a row?
3: Yes. Oh.
2: I would never let you down, my darling. $2,500 on one number.
3: Oh. What?
2: Again. I would again. But that's over $90,000. Would you like to reach a in? Let me play for you for half an
3: hour. No, well, please. I... It's Mr. Craig. Yes? Uh, I am the assistant manager, monsieur. Your wife, she's very ill. Audrey? She faint, monsieur, in the powder room. We call medicine. W- oh, where is she? In the hospital, monsieur. We have called an ambulance. You must come quickly. Vite, monsieur. Hotel Paris. Mr. Craig speaking. I, I want my things taken out of my room and sent over to the hospital. I'm checking out. My wife is critically ill, and I've taken a hospital room across from hers. Can you get my luggage over here right away? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I mean, uh, merci, mercy, mercy. Here,
2: Dear, my dear. Oh, Constance,
3: Audrey's condition is dangerous. She's got some kind of a bug, a high fever. They don't know what it is yet.
2: You're very unhappy.
3: Oh, what a ridiculous question.
2: Why? Audrey is not for you, my dear. She cannot give you what you need, what you want. What are
3: you talking about?
2: Look at me. Look directly into my eyes. Look. Look.
3: Why'd you leave the room, darling?
2: Because I knew she'd come. You're Lady Luck. Lady Luck. She's the spirit of evil. That's what she
3: is. Darling, you've got to get back into bed. No,
2: no, leave me alone. We're going to have this out the colors and I once and for all. Why have you been hounding us? What horrible evil thing do you represent? You're not human. There's something devilish in your heart. But you won't get your talent into the man I love. Now, get out! Get out! Audrey! Audrey. She's fainted. Well, have you made your choice?
3: You heard what my wife said. Get out!
2: Incidentally, the money you left with me last night, the chess I played for you. And I'm afraid I lost. Get out!
3: Oh, Audrey... Audrey, my darling. Bill. Oh, Bill. You we'll, we'll rest here for a while. Where is she? The Countess. She's gone. And I've got a feeling she's never coming back.
2: Oh, darling. Darling, hold me close.
3: Yes? Speaking? Well, it's our hotel. There's a cablegram for me. Uh, read it, will you, please? Yes. Yes, I see. Thank you. No. No answer.
2: What was it, Bill?
3: Nothing important. The cable from that lawyer again. There's been a mistake. That money wasn't left to me after all.
2: <laughs>
3: well, good riddance. Think of the tax I'd have to pay on it.
2: Oh, darling. Darling, I feel so much better, so much stronger.
3: Good. Now oh, your head's cool. cool. Well, baby, I think your fever's broken. You're going to be okay, sweetheart. I know it. Oh, and look, you're wearing some of those flowers I sent to the hospital.
2: Mm-hmm. They made a corsage for me. Pinned it on my bed jacket. Bill. The flowers. They were fresh when I walked into this room, Bill. It was the colors. She brushed against them once. I remember the flowers. I did. <laughs>
1: Animal world there is the hunter and the hunted. Hound and fox, hawk and sparrow, chicken and worm. We in the topmost species have also joined the hunt. But who is to judge precisely which of us are hounds or foxes as we enter the chase? Chase was created and written for the National Broadcasting Company by Lawrence Cleve. Featured in tonight's cast as the countess was Lata Stravitsky. Others were Chester Stratton, Joan Allison, and Louis Van Ruten. Fred Collins speaking. The Chase is directed and transcribed by Walter McGraw. A man's life hangs in the balance as he tries to escape from a trap of circumstantial evidence in The Chase. Next it's First Nighter on NBC.
5: the past, phantoms of a world gone by, speak again the immortal tale, the war. Being.
6: the matter? What
7: happened? I don't know. It was a voice. I was lying here in bed, half asleep. When the clock began striking midnight, a voice spoke to me. Oh, Charles, what was it? It sounded like my brother Tom. Oh, my
6: darling, it was only a dream, and it frightened you, that's all. Oh, but the
7: voice said... Oh, Charles, don't leave Swansea. I see you're almost (laughs)
8: hysterical.
7: But this was a warning. He said that you, Charles, must not go to the house of Waverley. Waverley, what house is that?
8: Well,
6: it isn't one of our properties, at least.
7: Charles, that note, that invitation from John Galton. He lives at a place called Waverley.
6: That's right, now that you mention it.
7: And the voice said that Waverley is death and sorrow. It was my brother Tom, I know it was. And he's warning us. Charles, don't go tonight. Promise me you won't go now.
6: Darling, the reason I'm going is to find out what happened to your brother. It's after midnight already. I should have gone an hour ago.
7: My brother's dead. I know it now. Secretly, you know it, too.
6: Yes. Somehow, we would have heard where he is. A man like Tom just doesn't disappear. Oh,
7: Charles, I'm frightened. When you go, I'll be here alone and afraid for you.
6: Now, Hester, I'll be all right. We
7: thought Tom would be all right, too, when he went to collect the rents it's so far away, Charles.
6: Oh, 50 miles? That isn't far. Then
7: promise me, promise me you won't go to John Galton's, to this Waverley Promise.
6: All right, Hester. But after all, John's an old friend, a schoolmate, in fact. I promise, though. Now, you feel better?
7: A little, I suppose.
6: (laughs) Then go to sleep. And I'll also promise to be back safe and sound within a fortnight. There, a kiss for the prettiest wife in Swansea. Goodbye.
5: Goodbye, Charles. Goodbye, darling. Aye, sir. I remember him well, Mr. Hargreaves. Talbis Sharkat, he said his name was. You say he's your wife's brother. Aye, he came to the farm here about a year ago.
9: Asked after all of us and then went on to the manor house to collect the rent monies.
5: You
6: say he never returned to Swansea? I am afraid not, my man. You see, my wife and I were away on a long honeymoon, and we didn't know of her brother's disappearance until we came back. Highwayman, most probably. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear of it. Well, thanks for your help, anyhow. I'll be on my way. I want to get to the manor house by nightfall. Get up there. See you about this time next year.
5: I should thank you, Mr. Hargreaves. Well, Good luck to you.
8: Sir, I do recollect him. Yes, sir, I do. Fine young chap he was. Stopped here at the inn about this time of night, about ten o'clock, and took my best room. Then off he went the next morning, chipper as the dawn.
6: Well, I left Swansea two days ago, and I have traced him this far. It's the last stop. North of here is Sir Granville's estates.
8: By George, I do recollect something the young chap said now that you bring him to mind, Mr. Hargreaves. Well, what is it, Hobbs? Why, he had an invitation to visit some friend or other he did, sir that so he was off for a bit of a holiday before going back to Swansea. Invitation? From whom? Well, that he didn't say, sir. He, by George. What is it, Hobbs? That's a funny thing. Now I recollect it. Didn't think much about it at the time. What? Your Mr. Charkett asked after the way to get there, he did. I recollect it particularly because Elsie, my dear dead wife, sir, God bless her soul, Elsie was born a few miles from there. From where? A great big house, empty for as long as I can remember. Never thought anyone lived there at all. Waverley, it is. That's it. Name of Waverley. Waverley. Suppose you might inquire. Find out where he went from there.
6: Yes. You're right,
8: Hobbs. Your was murdered somewhere on the Monies? I don't
6: know, but I intend to find out. Thanks for all you've said. It's been of great help.
8: Now, I think I'll go to bed. Oh, of course. Of course. The first floor room's quite ready. I'll take your portmanteau. This way, Mr. Hargreaves. Mr. Hargreaves, sir. Mr. Hargreaves. What is it, Hobbs? I'm sorry to wake you, sir, but there's a lady here. Says she's Mrs. Hargreaves. Of
7: course I am. Charles, it's Hester.
8: Hester? For for heaven's sakes, what are you doing
7: here? I had to come, Charles, after what's happened. I couldn't stay at Swansea another minute.
8: Will there be anything you want, sir?
7: Innkeeper, tell the driver I shan't need him any longer. He might want to stay the night here. The sky's most threatening.
8: I'll see to him, ma'am. Uh, good night. Whatever happened to make you come all the way from Swansea? Oh,
6: Charles, I was so worried. You are all right. Of course. Hester, what's the matter, my darling? You look pale and tired. Here, let me light another candle.
7: Charles, last night at midnight, the voice spoke to me again. Is that all? Is that all? Charles, how can I make you understand? I've been most frightened to death. It's not what you think. It's not a dream.
6: Well, what did the voice say? It
7: gave another warning. It said it could only appear to me while the clock struck midnight. Then it said that you were in danger. And that if you went to that place, Waverley, the name is, you'd surely die. Oh, Charles, please, please, for my sake, heed the warning.
6: Is that why you came, then? To tell me this?
7: I had to. Last night I lay awake for hours, wondering if you'd kept your promise not to go to John Galton's. And then suddenly I couldn't bear it any longer. I hired a carriage and followed you.
6: Hester, this is mad. I I don't understand it. You say this voice...
7: Tom, Charles. His ghost... Don't you think I'd recognize my own brother's voice? Oh, my darling. I don't understand it either. All I know is... Hester,
6: Tom had an invitation to visit John Galton. Oh? He left the inn here at dawn, I'm told, and went on, presumably, to Waverley. I made inquiries on the road. The place is somewhere beyond the White Forest. It can't be far. Charles... I'm going there, Hester. If Tom's a prisoner, if he's been murdered... Oh,
7: no, no, you mustn't. I won't hear of it. I won't let you go.
6: Nevertheless, I'm going. But
7: Tom is dead. I know he is. You can't help him now. And twice he's warned us, don't you see? For my sake, leave this thing alone. It's beyond our understanding, and no good can come of it. It's midnight. Tom! Tom, the terrace windows! It's the
6: wind. Blown off the candles. Wait, I'll close it. No!
7: Oh! look! Oh.
6: Oh. Hester, what is it?
7: It's the ghost of Tom. Taking form in the midst. There in the wind.
5: Harveys, This is the third The last warning Do not travel to Waverley For there awaits Everlasting death Beware of John Galton Go back to Swansea Go back Go back tonight
6: The ghost It's disappeared
7: Close the window, Charles, quickly
6: There. Here, I'll light the candles again.
7: Now, you've heard the warning yourself. Now you've seen the ghost. You know what I meant.
6: Yes. And there was pain on his misty face. And a dagger in his heart.
7: Charles, if you love me, take me back to Swansea now. I'll never ask anything else of you so long as we live. If you'll only take me back tonight...
6: But, Hester, there's Tom's murder to avenge.
7: What can that matter now? It's done. And he warns us to leave us alone. Charles, please, heed this warning. Take me back.
6: I don't understand all this, Hester. Please,
7: please, Charles, take me
4: home.
6: All right. I'll take you home. Hester, this is a crazy thing to do, going out in a night like this. I can barely see the road.
7: But we're on our way, Charles. That's all that matters.
6: If we aren't drowned in a deluge before we get there, we'll be lucky. I've hidden the gold in a box under the baggage, Hester.
7: Charles, there's something I want to tell you. Something you never knew. What's that? It's John Gelton I'm afraid of. I never told you before, but I've always been afraid of him.
6: Oh, Hester, why?
7: Because long before we were married, he was terribly in love with me. I didn't know it myself until one day he asked me to marry him.
6: Oh, what's frightening about that?
7: It was his manner when I said no. He turned pale and there were tears in his eyes. And he said, I'll find a way, Hester. Someday you will be, Mrs. Galton.
6: What happened then?
7: Nothing. Except that for months I suspected him of watching me. Now and again I'd catch a glimpse of him in a crowd. And once I saw him waiting near my father's house. After that I never saw him again.
6: Nor have I since we left school. Hester, do you suppose... Oh, it's impossible that he could...
7: Charles, look! There's someone on the road.
6: He's hailing us to stop.
7: Charles, no, don't.
6: Get off the road there, man. Move to one side. Look
7: out. We'll hit him. Charles, stop.
6: What's the idea, man? you want to be run over?
7: He's coming towards...
6: Oh! Yeah, George! Hester! There's a dagger in his heart.
4: He's dead! He's a dead man! Charles, drive
6: on! Come on, get up there! Get up!
7: Charles, what's the matter? Why have you stopped?
6: Because there's no use going on like this. The rain, I, I can't even see the road.
7: And this forest. I don't remember this forest at all.
6: I don't either. I've never been here before,
7: You mean you don't know where we are, Charles?
6: Oh, we'll find our way out. We'd better stay here till daybreak. No,
7: no, let's go on. There must be a farmhouse nearby. Somebody to tell us the right road. Charles, let's go on.
6: I suppose you're right. The road leads somewhere. Get up! Hester, is that a light yonder? Through the trees?
7: Where? Oh, Charles, it is.
6: Thank heaven. At least we'll find shelter. Here, Hester. Stand under the eaves out of the rain. Oh,
7: I'm all right. There's the knocker there, Charles.
6: All right. Hello? 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 Will you let us in? Hello, in there! Good evening, sir. My wife and I. Oh. Good
9: evening, my friends. John Galton. I've been expecting you. Welcome to the house of Waverly. Come in, my friends. In here before the fire. It would take the chill of the rain and the night from your bones. (laughs) Spot of wine? No, thank you, John. You say you were expecting us? Yes, I was, Charles. Hester, come and sit by the fire. Your frock is damp, I'm afraid. How
7: did you know we would come, John?
9: Because it was the last thing in the world you wanted to do.
6: I think you expected only me. We met one of your... Your men on the road.
9: Oh, yes. I sent him out to make sure you were lost. He's a frightening fellow. I trust the sight of him didn't alarm you too much, Hester.
7: He's a dead man. There was a dagger in his heart.
9: Yes. A most disconcerting thing. What do you want with us? Well, you're my old friends, and this is my house. I would like you to enjoy its hospitality.
7: Then, because we are old friends, John, let us go. I'm afraid here, that man... Oh,
9: he won't harm you, my dear, and I wouldn't hear if you're leaving. Jacob! Jacob will show you to one of the sitting rooms upstairs, Hester. There's a fire there.
7: Charles, look in the doorway. Great Scott, a walking
9: corpse. With a dagger in his heart.
7: Send him
5: away, please, send him away.
9: Oh, I see our Hester's frightened. Well, she'll grow accustomed to my servants soon.
5: Jacob, go back.
9: There now, he's gone. John Galton, what kind of a devil are you?
6: What do you want of us? This thing's gone too far. Oh,
9: I see you mistrust me. Or maybe your impatience suggests mistrust. In any case, I gladly tell you, Charles. May I suggest the library? It's just yonder, beyond those doors. There will be alone,
6: And leave Hester here with this place full of devilish monsters? Oh, I assure you, she's entirely
9: safe. Will you please forgive us a few minutes' neglect, Hester?
7: Well, if it's necessary, but I... We do... sha not
9: be long.
6: Come, Charles. I want to get to the bottom of this thing, Hester. It'll only be a moment. Then we'll be quite ready to go home.
7: All right, Charles, but do hurry back.
6: I promise. John, lead the way.
9: Here. Come and sit in the light of the fire, Charles. There's some excellent wine on the table. No, thank you. As you say, it's my custom to offer a man a glass of wine uh, before he dies. Then you did kill Tom Charkett. He sat there sipping his carrot, unsuspecting, even unafraid. No. I did not kill him.
6: You mean he's still alive? He's here?
9: No. He's dead. But his body is here. It serves me well.
6: Even as yours will. I knew Tom was robbed and murdered to cover it up. But I had no idea it was you. What's happened to make you like this? The answer's easy. Two things,
9: Charles. Love and the consuming desire to kill They are strangely akin. I don't know what you're talking about. Hester, I've been in love with her for a long, long time. What's that got to do with it? She told me once that she couldn't marry me because I wasn't able to give her everything she required for happiness. I was insanely jealous of everyone she knew, even the places she went. Then, quite suddenly, I saw a way out. What was that? My aunt had died. She was penniless. But she did leave me Waverly. All that was left of the Galton's great name. Suddenly I realized how well it would serve me, so I came here to live alone. I waited, knowing the chance would come. And it did, one night in a blinding storm. I am beginning to see what you mean. Yes. A merchant traveling through the forest road lost his way in the storm. He came to Waverley, and I invited him in. He drank too much wine. A knife was handy. I couldn't resist the simple thrust at his heart. And then the gold he carried was mine. Do you know, before he died, the most extraordinary thing of all happened. Well, what was it? He rose up stiffly from his chair and clung to the mantle. Somehow his fingers touched the stone that moved, and then he fell heavily upon the earth. But the compartment was open, and inside it I could see the silver ring shining in the candlelight. Ring? Yes, a large ring, almost as large as a bracelet. I took it out and... And lettered in silver about it was a rhyme. Listen. These magic words... at midnight red... make murdered men... the living dead. <laughs> you know... even as I spoke the dead man moved. Slowly he got to his feet and he stood there waiting. I was shaken and cold with fear... until I began to know what it meant. The ring, you mean? Yes. The magic ring. For centuries it had lain hidden in the chimney piece... Legend said it was given to one of the first Galtons nearly five centuries ago by a gypsy. In return for her life. With it, Charles Hargreaves. I'm the most powerful man on the world. With it, the dead are at my command and the living fear me. It gives me everything in the world I want. It does not give you the right to kill. It gives me the power to control, even death itself. Jacob! William! What are you going to do? Our talk is done, Charles. See? See these two men, Charles. They are my slaves. Two men who are dead and yet alive. Jacob,
5: William, see this man. Stay back from me. Yeah. Stay back. Strong, what? Charles.
9: Hey. It will be useless
5: to resist. Let go of me. You...
9: Let go. My friend is struck. The hands are locked on. Now you see how powerful the magic ring is. Only once have I killed a man. The first. And since then, the murdered have murdered at my bidding. I'll give you my gold if that's what you want, John. I'll give it to you gladly. But the gold is useless stuff, my friend. Don't you see I have enough? It is your death I want, Charles. And then your body to serve me even as bees. <laughs> <laughs> you're Beautiful. a
5: devil. Once you are gone.
6: I thought that you would creep from Hester's heart and she'll forget. She'll not forget. Your magic is lost to the living. Do You think she can love you just for the asking? The
9: power of my love is strong enough to win her to me. I'll grant you this grace, Charles. A last grace. I'll allow you to see her again before you die. Jacob! Hold him here. Till the time comes. Where are you going? To offer Hester the world if she wants it.
5: To win her. To tell her at last she is mine.
7: Charles, what have you done to him?
9: He'll be here in a minute or two, Hester. Now, there's there's no need to be afraid. You've always been a little frightened of me, I think.
7: Yes, I... I've never understood you, John. A woman's always afraid of anything she doesn't understand.
9: My dear, fear is passing. And this will go, believe me.
7: I do believe you. But everything here is so strange. (laughs) You'll make
9: it right, Hester. What can I do to make it right? Anything you say... I'll do it gladly.
7: Why, thank you, John. Really, I should be ashamed of myself. After all, what is there to be afraid of? You see, already I'm beginning to feel at home.
9: You're still as beautiful as ever. Still the Hester I knew years ago.
7: Do any of us ever change very much?
9: I've changed. But the change was for you. All for you. Do you like me as I am, Hester?
7: Why... We were friends, John. We were young together. Remember how you used to leave those mysterious notes in the hollow tree near the fountain? I, I remember
9: your father's rich carriages, your beautiful gowns, and how ashamed I was of my poor looks and my clothes.
7: Well, no longer, John. Since then, you've come a long way in the world.
9: Then it pleases you. Oh, how glad I am. This house, it's a luxurious house, Hester, almost worthy of your beauty. Does Waverly please you, too?
7: Why, it's a lovely house, John. I was just thinking, though... What, my dear? Oh, I was thinking how ably it could use a woman's touch. You men, (laughs) when you live alone, you like everything drab and colorless. All of you need someone to take care of you, to fuss over you a little, to keep your clothes neat and keep your shirt collars buttoned. Here, John, let me fasten it for you. Esther, my darling... Is that the keepsake you wear around your neck, John?
5: It's
9: only a silver ring. Esther, what have you
3: done?
7: Give it back to me. Now I have your magic ring, John Galtin. Hester, give it back. I'm not afraid of you. Now your powers are gone, and your murdered men will have to answer to my command. You
9: listened. You heard everything I told you. Do you
7: you think I'd sit meekly by the fire while you arranged to kill my husband? I was outside the door, even when those two monsters came to hold him fast. Hester,
3: I beg of you, please give it back.
7: John Galtin, you killed my brother, who came here as a friend. You murdered my brother Tom. Tom,
9: with these hands, I have killed only one man, Hester. The second time is easier. And to kill one I love would be easier still. Give me back the ring.
4: Tom! Oh, Tom, you've
5: come. For months I've waited in torment for such a night as this, John Galton. As a ghost, I could never harm you. But now your strength is gone with the ring. Don't come near me! Stay there! Say that! I have been carrying this dagger in my heart for one reason: to raise it above your chest and set it deep in your heart. Hester!
7: Hester, stop him! Tom! Tommy's running away out the terrace doors! He
5: cannot escape. The magic of the ring you hold is too great! The ring! For my sake, Hester, study the ring! It has more power than you know!
7: Tom! Tom, come back! Let him go! Oh, Tom, come back!
5: Come back! Charles! Charles, help me! Hester! Let me go, you demons! Let me go! Charles! Charles! Hester!
7: Let go of him, you fiends! Jacob! William, let him go!
6: Hester, what is this? They obeyed you! They're gone!
7: I have the magic ring, Charles. I took it from John. Quick! Tom will murder him. Help me stop him quickly. Where did they go? Out there. Out the terrace doors.
6: Come along. I heard you calling after Tom, but I couldn't get away from those devils.
7: Tom took the knife from his heart, and John fled. Tom wouldn't obey me, Charles. Oh, there was such revenge in his dead eyes.
6: Here. The terrace doors. Look, the storm's over. Daylight's coming. Where did they go?
7: Oh, Charles. Oh, we're too late.
6: Yes. Yonder on the terrace... He's plunged the knife in John's heart. Look at Tom, how still he stands.
7: Tom said for his sake to study the ring. Look, Charles, the inscription here. These magic words...
6: Don't read them. They bring back the dead.
7: Well, what did he mean?
6: Look, there, on the inside. You see? There's, There's something written in there.
7: Another inscription. Here. Here, let me hold it up to the light. Oh, here it is. At break of day... This magic key makes dust of flesh, sets phantoms free.
6: Hester, look. Tom's body. It crumbled. It it crumbled into dust.
7: The words. The magic ring.
6: Now the murdered men are prisoners no longer. Their bodies have sunk into dust. Give me the ring. Oh,
7: what a terrible charm it is. We must destroy the ring, Charles.
6: You're right, Hester. It must be destroyed so it can never harm anyone again. We'll take the ring and throw it into the sea.
5: From the time worn pages of the past, we have brought you the story The Warning. Bellkeeper, toll the bell.
0: The show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening, and remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com/terror1970, or you can find me on Instagram at radio show nerd, or on Twitter or X or scratch that because I do not know what's going on with that app. <laughs> but if you want to drop me a line, say hello, make a suggestion a request a even a critique respectfully please feel free to email me at nerd at gmail.com I also have a YouTube channel entitled Terra Radio surprise surprise please check it out a few surprises for you on there like the video subscribe share it will be highly appreciated Again, this is your host, the traveling man, (laughs) Keith, the radio show nerd, signing off.